Well, guys, welcome to our fourth episode of Satini. Uh, so great to be together with you guys once again, um, keeping this conversation going that is only a few weeks old, such a necessary conversation, and I'm excited to be having it with you tonight. Uh, we really hope that uh, the people who are listening are also having exciting conversations. I hope it's not just our conversation, mm. uh, yeah. but that there are lots of conversations that are being catalyzed. Um, Takozo, what is the being part of this podcast meant for you so far? Um, it's been quite an awesome journey, um, especially sort of getting close to you guys, getting to know you, um, getting to hear insights in, in certain issues um, that we, we do face in South Africa in, in, in our church. So it's been, uh, it's been quite an awesome journey in that sense. Um, and also just uh, the feeling of, of being part of something significant. And, and you know, there's, there's always that sort of a pat on the shoulder when you do such things that you are, <laughs> you are doing something, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, might not be big, but uh, at least it's something. And it's something mm -hmm. that's going to um, sort of bring change. And, and hopefully it's going to be a huge resource in, in helping a lot of people and not uh, certain people, but a lot of people, a lot yeah. of people, especially in South Africa and, our, and especially in our church. So yeah, it's been quite awesome. And I'm just interested to hear you guys, uh, obviously people around you know that you are coming and recording. Uh, there's some stuff on our website, uh, but we haven't released it as yet. We're still recording. What, what are people saying or asking of you? Sitabile, what what's been the general chit-chat? Oh, uh, you know, I think most people are just like, um, well, someone said we were, we were brave for actually <laughs> having this type of conversation because I think everybody just stays away from it because it's like a landmine. You never know um, what might come out when you start to engage with someone about this because we've all done a very pretty good job at like pretending like racism is gone and uh, we're all getting along, kumbaya, but there's a lot, but yeah, like one tiny incident just erupts, mm. erupts, which shows And we that see that almost every week we in South Africa. We see that almost every week, you know, just remind us that actually there are a lot of scars that haven't healed. So yeah, bravery, yes. And it's made me very aware of my own um, issues. <laughs> I'll just call them issues for now. <laughs> yeah, great. it's made me painfully aware of my own issues and, you know, but, you know, with God's grace, we, we, I'll work through it and hopefully this helps somebody else, you know, maybe somebody will recognize What I like it. about your vulnerability there is that <clears throat> none of us are experts. Oh, we, we're not a panel of experts, we didn't even bring a panel, uh, <laughs> but we're just normal people and actually... Um, I've loved, uh, Nganga and I actually just last week had a long conversation about wow. some events in Brackenfell, which yeah. by the time that people hear this, yeah. uh, Brackenfell will be long gone. Yeah. But all yeah. of us are engaging with these sorts of things all the time. Yeah. Well, what are people around you saying, Nganga, or asking? Or? Well, you know, um, first of all, some people who know me, they know I'm quite vocal about certain things. And uh, around where I am, I'm also I wouldn't say I'm an activist, but um, something I, I've always believed that um, if you are a South African, by virtue of being a South African, you, you, you get to say something about what mm. happened and what is happening even now. 
So when I tell people, I think the, ma the main kind of a shocker is to say that this is from the church pers perspective. Okay, so people and, are surprised? Uh, yeah, people are surprised that the church will actually sponsor something like this, you know, mm. from the Christian perspective. So it's, it's uh, something striking and then it makes them to be more interested that, okay, we are about to hear this. How is it going to come through? Do they think it's appropriate for a church to be speaking about things like this? Or no, is, it, I, is I, the jury I, out I until they've heard it's more like <laughs> the curiosity of knowing what we're going to do. But I think the more upper hand is more on thinking that we're just going to fluff something or make up something. But they are in for something as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that leads into the title yeah. of our episode tonight. Uh, our episode's entitled, uh, I'm Not a Racist. And uh, I think all of us have experienced, or maybe we've even said uh, the words, I'm not a racist. Um, or we've even had the whole sentence, I'm not a racist, but... Uh, you know, we hear that sort of uh, phrase often, don't we? What's normally coming next when someone says that? Something racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like somebody saying, no offense, and then they go and say something offensive. Mm. But it's usually something like, oh, I don't mean to be culturally insensitive, and then they just say something, and then you're just like, yeah. On that bombshell. So is it almost like a warning? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, please forgive me, but I'm still gonna say I'm this. Still gonna mm. say this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Usually, what what usually follows after that, you, you quite rightfully said, is that it's it's gonna be something that it's a bit racist. Uh, not even a bit. It's mm. it's like saying it's like you've just scratched whatever you said, you know, and what you're saying really stands. And, and that's what we know about you. <laughs> what follows after the bat is really what we know about you, so yeah. So all of us have heard someone say that, or we've said it ourselves, would you say? Is that safe to say? I've heard it being said. Um, I've never said, like I think before I say something, I actually know how it's gonna come across. I don't excuse it, I just own my statements and then I deal with my conscience so later. So you're honest. And, <laughs> and then I repent if I need to. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, uh, 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 first of all, I have been alleged to be a racist alleged. more than once. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I mean, I would kind of like not try to deny it because that doesn't work when a person is, especially if a person is almost convinced that so if you the emotions are, are high. Yeah, and uh, I just say, you know, take a person through into proving what I was saying, maybe. Because for me, it wouldn't be the virtue of my appearance. It would uh, maybe be because I've said something and then a person will make a conclusion that, actually, you are a racist. And, uh, and, I'm, I'm, and I will say, okay, prove me. There's a, yeah. there's a serious social stigma yeah. attached to being labeled racist. I mean, yeah. for a professional, yeah. For uh, you know, for a teacher, a lawyer, uh, a shop owner, your shop could be closed down. It's called the race card. You just huh? say, yeah. you pull out the race card, and everybody. Like, oh, okay, so the sorry, stakes sorry. of being called a racist yeah. are actually really high in our country, and especially with social media and things like that, because what was a private thing suddenly becomes a public thing. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, uh, I want to read us a quote which I think might expand the definition of racism and, and what a racist is. 
so let me read it and, uh, and then we can kind of discuss it because I think although many South Africans would, uh, would convince themselves or want others to believe that they're not racist, in fact, maybe that's not really the case if you expand the definition of racism slightly more. This is a, a, a quote from Eusebius MacKaiser, and it says, he says this, racism isn't restricted to what we do. Mm. Racism is also intimately about who we are. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Let's, let's just bash that around a bit. Yeah, I think because it's easy to, to control your actions or your words when you're out in public, but like your inner thoughts, you know how you think, you know how mm. you're reasoning your actions, like I'm not going to drive through there because it's, um, you know, like those kind of decisions. You, if you don't recognize that this is actually, it's, it's an unfounded, like it's, I'm just assuming that it's not safe because it's a mostly black community and, but if you don't recognize those thoughts that those are racist, you, you know, it's like you, so you so you're, you're saying the, the realm of thought yeah. and the assumptions around yes. that that yes. those are intimately involved in what we understand as racism, yeah. 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 and especially growing in growing up in South Africa, it is it is quite difficult mm. not to be. Yes. Um, it's such a difficult thing, you know. Um, and, 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 and I think, and I think a, a lot of us assume that we are who we are based on what we do. Mm. But even like Ussis yeah, Estabile has said, yeah. even our thoughts uh, are very, they determine as to who we actually are. And you do, actually, what usually does happen is that your thoughts then become be, into being. In other words, as to how you treat a person or how you um, respond to a black person or how you respond to a white person. You know, um, and, and that's where it starts so, showing up. So what we're saying is, and what you see Bismarck is saying in this quote, is that racism isn't just what you do, but it's, it's, the, it's your thought life. Yeah. Uh, and, and some people are more self-controlled than others. Yeah. Uh, and some people have moments of self-control weakness and yeah. those thoughts become surface. Yeah. And yeah. then suddenly there's a public issue. But we're saying, especially as Christ followers, that what matters is not just the external behavior, but actually what is going on inside of us. Yeah, I also think that on the same quote that uh, what you do also feeds later on in who you are. But uh, for instance, what was done before in the perspective of South Africa, uh, it later on fed to the next generation of people who had a certain pattern of thought that they are who they are and they are different to others because mm. there were other impacts in South Africa where people are, mm. are, are divided into groups, for instance. Yeah. And uh, that caused a lot of, uh, what can I say, a different perspective. Mm. So people became who they are and then that carried racism because they could no longer relate to the others. If yeah. I can put it that way. Or so. we can say people forgot who they were mm. because yeah. it's like we started believing this. And now an altered this, reality. Yes, yeah? this definition yeah. that like humans are supposed to be mm. this way. We're supposed to be like in separate groups and not mm. coexist. Mm. Yeah. We, we bought into that. I mean, for yeah. instance, for me, I grew up in Transkei. There, yes. there I grew up till I was an old boy without uh, ever seeing a lot of white people, for instance. And, uh, Every, most people I had, I knew, were closers like me. It's easy to grow up like that. And then the moment now, that doesn't prepare you though. 
when you're going to meet another person who is mm. different to you. Mm. And then uh, I suppose that is what was done and then became who am I? Oh, you know, if, uh, excuse my grammar, but it became who, who am I? Yeah. Earlier on you were talking about kind of hurtful things that happened to us. One of the ways of understanding hurt is almost like it's, it's building up a, a bed of soil. The past are these layers and layers of, of soil, uh, which seeds of hurt and who we are, identity, kind of grow in that soil. And if you never, if you never get rid of the soil, if you never deal with it, you, you, you really are just waiting for something to, to seed itself. And it just needs the right conditions, doesn't it? Um, Slightest thing sets it off. Earlier on, you said something along the lines of, uh, is it even possible <laughs> to grow up in South Africa and to not yeah. be a racist? Mm. With the history that we've got, with with the, the, the experiences, the legacy, the stories of parents. Yeah. I mean, is it really possible in South Africa to consider yourself not racist, to kind of just be outside of the system mm. and the experience of our whole country? Is it really possible? I really Chances don't think it is. Chances are close to nothing. I, yeah, but I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm just like, just thinking you can't separate yourself from because you can be you can be in a controlled environment where you you control your thoughts your actions but like you will be confronted with these other different types of people that will make you realize well, to hang on it's it's not roses and, and you're not in control of all of you're those. not in control of all of that so eventually your perspective starts to change and then you start to see things differently and you start noticing your color you start noticing you know yeah. I think it's, 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 it's really, somebody could argue and say, yes, it is possible. But from my own perspective and my own experiences, it is quite, it, I'll, I'll beg to differ with a person who has those sentiments because I feel like, based on me, I, I wasn't born in like in 94 or anything like that. I wasn't born in that time. But I've slowly realized that, I mean, even growing after the time of, you know, the laws that were there, I still feel the pain. So it's quite, it's quite impossible to say that. And then I've sort of realized that I, I am a racist, you know, as young as I am, but I am a racist, you know what I'm saying? And you see it as, as Tabula says, you, you will see it in, in, in little moments and stuff like this. And, and it's pretty difficult to think of somebody maybe born in the 2000s and stuff and yeah. seeing what is actually happening. You look at, I mean, on the news now, there's a high school whole thing happening. I mean, it's, it's quite impossible. And kids coming out, it's such because a very young age. Because you're the kids age. of parents, of yeah. grandparents. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, it, it, and it's it those little things that will make a person a racist, you know? Mm. I mean, I was having a conversation with my cousin and she was just inquiring as to what is actually transpiring. And I had to explain the whole story of what I understood, you know? And, and her sentiment was definitely like, white people don't like us. And I'm talking about somebody who's what, 19? Mm. So it is quite impossible to say, I, I was born pre the time or after the time, and I will never be a racist because in South Africa, the context is, or the feel in the atmosphere is that you are gonna experience, it's a matter of when. This is the soul you're born into. Yeah, it's, it's just like you're born in this thing, you know? Can we bank something? I don't know if you're gonna agree with me, so this mm. is dangerous maybe. Uh, but your cousin, I think you said, uh, said something about white people. Uh, 
is it that there are certain groups of people in our country who are racist, or are we all uh, impacted by this? Uh, I actually wanted to say this. I can't remember who, but somebody said they're black so they can't be racist because they think racism can only be experienced like from one direction. And no. I'm like, no, the mere fact that you think you can't be racist, that's <laughs> racist. <laughs> because it's like, it's not, it's not like back FW declared times where it's like, you see white people just killing black people. It, it's, it doesn't mm. look like that. Now racism doesn't mm. look like that. It takes different, different, it, it, it's morphed with the times. Yeah. <laughs> it, it keeps evolving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think, you know, my, to me, the way I look at it, even if you are a white racist person, so to say, if you were alone in an island, you would not be an, a racist because there's no one around you to exercise racism mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, racism becomes racism when it, it comes to the other person. Mm. In, so even the person that is exercised racism, if I can put it on the receiving end of it, will then react in a more racist way. And then I think that is triggered because uh, for me, if, for instance, I make an example, I'm black, and then uh, there's a white person who's racist and is showing me acts of racism, most likely is that I'm gonna react in a certain way yeah. to prove a point. And then uh, that also makes me to then become part of yeah. the racism. You just joined the party. <laughs> uh, thing, you know, if, yeah. uh, if, so I, I, in, in that way, that's how I see that, given our situation in South Africa, it's, it's, it's uh, almost impossible to say you're not a racist, but because you are either perpetuating racism or you're trying to yeah, fight it, but it. also then you become so, part of the race. So do we agree that yeah. this is a universal problem? Yeah. In some countries yeah. of the world, mm. it's not racism, it's tribalism. Yeah. It's, it's treating others, mm. uh, going back to episode one, dehumanizing the other, yeah. uh, uh, elevating yourself mm. or subjugating yourself. Yeah, yeah. They, they're two sides of the same thing. Mm. Uh, our experiences of racism in South Africa are all different. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing, is that there's different experiences of racism. Mm. But in fact, racism is a universal issue. Mm. Uh, and actually, in the, at the moment, globally, it really is a highlighted thing. It's not even a South African thing. We, we, we like to buy clothes which have got made in South Africa tags mm. on them. But this one wasn't made in South Africa. Yeah. Actually, it's a human problem treating others as dehumanized. Yeah. Mm. I, certainly, I certainly agree with you. you know, um, I was having a, a conversation. Yeah. I have a lot of conversations with a lot of people. So I, I, we were talking and, and, and it was in a, in, a, in a workplace context. And we were just saying, and we were talking around this thing of racism and stuff like this. And, and, and this person was saying to me, you know, but, you know, we're all racist and stuff like this. And, and my personal view, when a person says that, I say, I certainly agree. We, we all could be racist. We are racist. And we do experience it in different ways or in different experiences. But I do sometimes have this feeling as, as I sort of like grow up that a black person, I wouldn't entirely disagree with the person who says, a black person cannot be racist. <laughs> I, wouldn't entirely, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't entirely disagree with that person because 
with, with the resources and, and, and sort of maybe some of the powers that certain race group has, um, it's easy for me to sort of dehumanize a person. Whereas for me, who was already feeling because of the history and all other factors, I'm already dehumanized. How can I have the tools to actually be racist? You know, so I wouldn't entirely sort of disagree with that person. Well, you you're know? being racist if you're dealing some, with someone yes. on, not on the basis of facts, yes. but on the basis of assumptions, mm. yeah. where you, you're applying a stereotype and a whole category, then yes. you're being racist. That's true. That's, that's Whether you've got into, what your bank yeah. balance is, that, that, that's not yeah. the issue. Mm. Those are issues of power, yeah. Let me, I believe. I'll give you an example of somebody who was being racist to me. <laughs> we, had, we were having a soup kitchen down here and we were giving away soup, veggie soup, bread. And then so this guy, we we're giving each family one loaf of bread. Mm, so this yeah. guy comes, I give him a loaf of bread, he gives his, his, soup, his soup, he leaves. Then he comes back, he says um, he actually needs two loaves of bread because he's got, I don't know, four kids. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we're just giving one per family so that everybody gets. Do you know what he did? This is now like a person who, who looks, um, like, yeah. yeah. Do you know what he did? He I went missed that. Oh, so like, 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 like a junkie a homeless, or like a homeless yeah. guy. Okay. He went to Sam. Sam is white. Mlungu. Can I have a loaf of bread? And I'm like, didn't I just say? So he, in his mind, it's like, oh, so she's black. She doesn't have all the authority. If I speak to this white man, he will give me a loaf of bread. And was he That's black racist. or was he black or white? He was black. He was a, uh, so he went and, and asked Sam, because Sam is white. He's like, can I have... I'm like, um, excuse me, I just said you can't. So I'm just like, did I just... <laughs> I experienced yeah. racism from a black person. So, and it's got nothing to do with power or money. Hmm. It's just yeah. because you're in South Africa, it's just how our minds... So exactly bringing assumptions exactly to yes. almost any setting. Huh? Yeah, like, yeah. That, that, uh, that's quite a perfect uh, example of uh, perpetual racism of that amounts to dehumanization. Mm. That person was dehumanized to believe that White people, white people have authority. Yes. White people have power. Mm. White people have. Uh, so that more person is perpetuating it, That's even right. though we know Sitabila yeah. was in charge on that yeah. day. Yeah. He is actually mm. perpetuating it by himself now, without the help so he of the original racist, mm. if I can put it. So what, what I would say is that yeah. every single South African yeah. is in this experience, but how we experience it is different. Is totally different. Yeah. So we're not just saying we've all got the same experience, yeah. but the problem of treating people on the basis, not of the facts that are in front of you, but coming to the facts that are in front of you yeah. with a whole set of circum uh, 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 kind of preconceived ideas, notions, etc. So in light of that conversation, uh, we've said, it isn't really possible for anyone in South Africa to claim that they're not racist. I want to propose an idea that in South Africa, everyone is one of three, in one of three boxes or one of three categories. Either they are racist mm. or they might be what I would describe as a recovering racist. They're, they're, they've identified that this is not how they want to be, but they're on a journey. Mm or they're a liar. 
they are racist, but they've convinced themselves and are trying to convince others yeah. that nothing needs to change. Let's just talk about that notion that in light of our broad conversation about racism, that maybe people only fit into one of those three categories. I mean, that, that's the reality. If you've lived in South Africa, you've lived through apartheid, or there's a generation in your family that has lived through apartheid, there's no way you can claim to not be arrested. You, you can be somebody who's, who's aware of their actions and are trying to change mm. it, which is, I'd like to believe I'm a recovering <laughs> racist, because I'm, I'm... We should make a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm consciously aware. I think, like, I'm, I'm aware of my thoughts and I'm, mm. and I'm aware of, of how I'm... Like, if I'm suddenly defensive, I'm like, whoa. Why? He hasn't said anything yeah. yet. <laughs> Just because he's white doesn't mean he's going to be rude. Mm. <laughs> you know, those type of things. So, yeah, definitely. It does sound harsh to say, hey, mate, you're either a racist, you're a recovering racist, or you're a liar. Mm. But maybe some of that brutal honesty would change conversations Yeah, if we accepted that. Definitely. I think um, if we can all just be honest with ourselves, we'll be further down the, the, the conversation if we all have just been honest. Um, and but actually, we need to add a new category because you said black people can't be racist. So I need to add another one because there's only three here. Yeah. Where would you like to amend your statement? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe picking from that one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess. I guess. I mean, if if we were to be really, really honest, as as, as I'm saying, is that let's be honest. If, if if for me, I was to be honest, I I, I will um, say I'm a recovering racist. Um, it differs with time. Sometimes I just think I'm a, just a racist. You know, I, there are moments where I just think, you know what? These days, those are you just like racist yeah. now. That, that's all you are at this moment, at this given time. So what? When you evaluate a situation mm, and you your own it, thoughts or after. your actions it's afterwards, after, yeah. yeah. It's not not in okay. the moment. In the moment, I'm just like, <laughs> and then I talk to you, and then you're just like, did they say anything specifically that made you believe that? I'm like. <laughs> Maybe not. So, so are you, sorry, we cut in on you, but no, 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 you'd okay. be happy to buy the t-shirt. I think we should make a Satini t-shirt for covering racist. <laughs> we might be able to sell some. No. I'll be happy to do, buy the t-shirt. Do you say, because I feel like that's a category that I'm actually not proud of. Because I'd love to just say I'm not a racist, but I know that I would not be entirely truthful because sometimes my thoughts go to places and when I analyze why did I think that, there is no other reason other than assumptions yeah. based yeah. on the color of someone's skin or that they're different from Yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. I'll, help, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the T-shirts, but um, I think I, I feel perfectly also into, into that category. And, and you're right when you said, I'm, I, am I proud of it? No, I'm not proud of mm. it, but I cannot deny the truth that I am a recovering racist, you know? Um, and, and, and I think it's the truth for everybody in, in South Africa. And I'll, I'll be quite happy to even engage with anyone who will offer a different category. Um, Maybe another one, as you as you've suggested, but I, yeah. I I don't see another one. It's either it's either yeah. you are a recovery racist, you're a racist, or you're just denying the two and you're lying about it. And mm. and that's not so helpful as yeah. to where we that's want to go in South Africa and especially in, mm. a, in a church context as ours. So yeah, Ganga, in what way, if you said yes, I 
I, I can take that tag, I'll buy the t-shirt. In what way does that actually, is it not just honest, but also gives grace to your journey? I think, you know, it gives grace to you because you, partly you know that you are a human being and uh, you, you, you've got flaws. Mm -hmm. You are never perfect. And uh, it also gives you the hope that you're going somewhere where you can make the life a better place. You can progress. make this world a better place by maybe becoming an activist or something. I was just having a thought about, uh, like you were saying about this thing of everyone being a racist. I have a, 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 a thought of when soldiers go to war and, and then you find that some fight for the good side, others fight for what you call the bad side, but then they're all soldiers. They all fighting, mm. and uh, the fact that the others are fighting for the good side doesn't make them not to be at war. They still soldiers. so they are still soldiers. Mm. So mm. in that way, I look at it that way. That look, even if you are actually fighting racism and trying to be fighting racism, you are then a racist because you are involved in the racial, uh, what can I say, warfare? If I can put it that way, yeah. Since been, are you buying a t-shirt? Well, yeah. <laughs> I am. I think, but the, it's, it's like, it takes self-awareness to know, to know that actually there is a thing, this is something that I do need to change, which is why recovering racist is a safe category and a fair category, mm. you know? Because mm. you, like, you, you notice that there's a problem and you want to change it because you want to make the world a better place, mm. like Nganga said. Mm. So, yeah. And I think there needs to be more time spent as to explaining maybe as to what does it actually mean being a recovery racist? Mm. Because I think, as you said, it's a safe sort of statement mm. to say, ah, I'm just a recovery racist and then carry on with your actions or, mm. or your thoughts. Mm. You, you get what I'm saying? And not be mm. conscious of, like I said, for me, I'm conscious of it because I've had engagements and, and conversations, so I am aware of it. And, mm. and because I'm aware of it, there are moments where I can say, you know what, actually at this given time, I'm just not even in that part of the category. Mm. I'm just a general racist, you know? Mm. So I think there needs also to be more conversation as to even explaining mm. further on as to what does that Digging category. Digging deep into Yes, that. digging out mm. in, in, in terms of that, you know, so mm. yeah. I mean, the question would be, of course, what you say in Togozo, now that's what comes into my mind. What is the standard? What would be the benchmark to know that you are now have stopped being a racist? Uh, who's, who, who, who's a, who has attained to the model of non-racials? Mm. Of mm. saying that for me, you cannot falter me to be one. So for you me, know? if we use the analogy of alcoholism, and uh, you go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, I've never yeah. been to one, uh, but from what I've heard, uh, the early stages of that journey are acknowledging that I have a problem. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as you've acknowledged that and you've owned it, I think you've made actually a lot of progress. Mm. Because I think you make no progress when you fail to acknowledge when those things. 
Yeah, in denial, there's no motivation to, yeah, to, yeah. to, 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 to change. And so I would say that the acknowledgement of it, that's why when you buy the t-shirt for 2,000 rand, I'm joking. <laughs> the acknowledgement of, uh, of, of that issue or that problem in your life, I think is a massive help. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I believe it's actually a grace as well. Yeah. Because when I next am in a situation and I realize, I catch myself that I've gone there or I haven't stopped a conversation that has been going in a racial direction and being silent wasn't good enough. I should have actually been actively against what was happening. The dehumanizing of other people or the elevation of one group over another or the subjugation of another group. If I'm ever involved in that, I don't have an all fall down. But I do repent as a Christ follower. Yes. And I do say, Lord, would you forgive me? Because I'm acknowledging you never ask for forgiveness unless you've acknowledged there's something wrong. There's something wrong. So yeah. I think acknowledging it sets you on a trajectory. You know, we're wreck road church. We're about journeys. Mm. And I think it's a journey of the heart. And so what's the standard is yeah. have you acknowledged yeah. and are you starting to make progress? And I think there's some expectation mm. that on a journey, sometimes you get a flat tire. You know, sometimes you need to pause and change. You know, you need to, you need to fill up with gas again or, yeah. you know, but in general, you are going somewhere. Yeah. I guess that would be my expectation. And, and that's what I've been doing. I mean, I've been on this road for longer than I've been leading this church, but I've been leading a, a, a non-racial, multicultural, class-crossing church for 18 years. And I still consider myself to be on that journey and to not have dealt with it just like an alcoholic never becomes not an alcoholic. Yeah. Mm. They're one drink away of yeah. alcoholism again. Yes, yes. And so they're always in recovery in that sense. It's yeah. never that you've arrived. Yeah, I huh? don't think... Yeah. It, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was trying to imagine what it would look like to actually arrive at not being a racist. <laughs> that would mean, like, nobody else exists. Now you're alone. You're on your island. Yes, yeah. then you're, you're in your own little <laughs> island. Then you're not a racist. Mm. Otherwise, as long mm. as you're in South Africa, you will experience um, situations that remind you or that, you know, that shift your mind and you're just like... Yeah. But I love I think, mm. that, like Gareth said, like, you... It's constantly thinking about, okay, let me not dim and let me think, let me think kind thoughts. Let me not think this person lesser. Let me not think. So it's thinking about your thoughts. Yes, think mm -hmm. about your yeah. thoughts before you even act. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think it does need double clicking on it, needs yeah. maybe some support groups, <laughs> you know, where we yeah, actually. How do you measure, yeah. well, how do you measure the success well, of it? Well, I think it? we encourage yeah. one another, you know. Uh, when it comes to racism, it can feel like uh, the other day you and I were talking, actually we were, we were WhatsApping each other on the mm. group about something that had happened in our country. And you just felt a sense of desperation and hopelessness yeah. is, is what I would describe yeah. it as. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about hope. In what way is the gospel the only hope for our nation? Mm. I mean, for me, uh, straight away I'll talk about myself. 10 years ago, I became part of this church, actually. And uh, I saw at that time that this church is an, what you call a multicultural. I could see different races, different people. And it was fascinating, you know, because the churches before, when I used to go, it was mainly black people in the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was happy till I started to know that you can also be happy with uh, all kinds of people with you. Mm -hmm. 
And so there was one different thing which was unique, which was acceptance. And uh, I didn't see anyone looking at me in a different way at church, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was more like, you're welcome here. Hey, you're part of us. Mm -hmm. So for me, that brought hope. As I say, it's been 10 years ago, and uh, I'm still remain. You're still here. And uh, <laughs> I'm still here, and it gave that hope, and I've been growing, being aware about many things, and also kind of like uh, modifying how you approach certain things, you know, because new information bring alter your way of approach sometimes. Mm. Because we all, I, I, might, I must say, you know, I, that I also had my own stereotypes about other races. So in this church, I got to learn how different people Were are. Were some of those challenged yes. here? Yeah. And then so, so that, is, that has been a, such a great blessing for me. Mm -hmm. And it is gospel-centered thing for me. And uh, it made me to be better, stronger, and more understanding. I think, yeah, I'm just thinking about how the gospel, like if you're living for God, the book first Peter. Like if you, if you live for God, you you love all, you love all people. Mm. That's yeah. that's what we're called to do mm. because it covers a multitude. Of it it helps mm. you to forgive yourself, forgive others, and just love all people. Mm. Yeah. If if we keep that the center, the compass, mm. it'll it'll make the journey of recovering from racism and the hurt and mm. the pain of it. It'll. It'll cover all of that. I love the idea in that, that you shared that the gospel is every one of our need, because all of us are sinners. Mm. Uh, in light of tonight's discussion, mm. if we're saying all South Africans have got a, a problem with race, mm. we've got mm. a past to heal. Uh, the gospel is the only power that can heal that hurt. Yeah. Uh, the gospel is the only way to have sin forgiven, mm. uh, yeah. to have my shame. Uh, white away yeah. uh, and my shame and your shame and anyone else's shame all looks yeah. the same and so we all come to one Jesus and we all come with the same problem and we all have mm. the same solution yeah. and so I think the gospel is such an radical radical uh, a reset point isn't That's it true. Uh, true. and at the yeah. cross we're all the same yeah uh, we are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus you know we love the Galatians passage mm. there's none neither you know male nor female no, slave nor free Jew nor Greek black nor white yeah. Indian Okay, that, that's been added. <laughs> but, you know, the, the idea is at the cross we're the same. Yeah. What a, what and a, a And I think thing. also with, with the gospel, I mean, we cannot talk, not talk about gospel and not talk about the church itself, you know. Mm. I think the church offers um, a context to an environment that is safe mm. to be vulnerable mm. and be honest without being judged. Um, exactly. So it's, it's, it, I think what always saddens me, uh, and maybe this is just a lack on my side also, but what always saddens me is the lack of, of, of conversations or the, the, the church talking into this type of things. I mean, this is just maybe one context mm -hmm. or one, one podcast that I know about. Um, but it, it, it does sadden me is that we, the church is so silent, and yet the scripture says we're the salt and light. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we cannot be silent in, in certain things, whether it's uh, racism, whether it's uh, stereotypes, or, mm -hmm. or whatever sort of injustices and stuff. So it does hope, it does, it does, it does give that hope, you know. So, and if we are silent, then we, 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 we stand the danger 
of, 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 of finding ourselves in, in, in the same situation because I'm the people who are supposed hope. to be um, so, uh, providing the solutions are, are actually silent. And then also the gospel changes you from within. I think we all agree mm. that racism comes from within. And mm. the only solution to that is actually the gospel that will only yeah. change you from inside. No legal system will ever change you. No laws that are implemented or justice system will ever do that. So it's only through the gospel that mm. that that can happen. So yeah, mm. and I, I mean I fully agree with you. And uh, I'm just uh, thinking back uh, about Jesus. You know, gospel is about Jesus. Jesus, when he was here on earth uh, physically, he I'm sure he encountered things of race. He was a Jew living under Roman mm. Empire, and uh, he, he encountered racism as well. I'm sure. But for him, being a person who has to live without sin and to deal with it the right way, I'm sure he would be the person who dealt with racism mm. uh, more like the way we should deal with racism. Mm. And uh, we don't see him ridiculing anyone. Um, I mean, he uplifted Samaritans he up wherever he could. Hey. He was in the uplifting uh, business, but he didn't shy away from addressing the mm. disparities of his day. And uh, he lived about, and, and so that is an attraction of the gospel to know that also the fact that he didn't live, uh, he wasn't born in a very rich, lavish lifestyle family. He was born in humble beginnings. And uh, I mean, so most people should identify with him and his life and, uh, and, so what, and what he did. So what you're saying yeah. is there's so much yeah. that if we look at Jesus, yes. we can learn on these topics, isn't there? Obviously, huh? yeah, we can. You know, the sad thing mm. is that believers in Jesus, we like to call them Christ followers. Yes. Uh, so many South Africans would consider themselves to be Christians or Christ followers. And yet we're the problem. We're, we're the country with yeah. this massive problem. And, and it just is irreconcilable, really, mm -hmm. if you think about it, hey. Um, it, it's a really sad thing if you, if you ask the question, how do we think the Church of Jesus Christ in South Africa is mm -hmm. doing on the topic of racism? Mm -hmm. How would we do on a scorecard out of 10 <laughs> in general? In South Africa, I really I don't think we would do well because in most churches it's just ignored. It's like it's seen as a non-issue or they just they pretend to not see it. Like the, the, the segregations, the like the subliminal racial behaviors, they just ignored. So Sitabile, we're saying that the church is ignoring this issue. Uh, it's almost like although Bantustan states and separate development has been totally unraveled, mm -hmm. we still have churches that 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 are are living as though we're still in a separated society. You know, there's a terrible quote from Martin Luther King from America, mm. and he's quoted as saying that Sunday from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock was the most segregated hour in American society. Mm. Mm. And I think that that's probably true in South Africa, that for many churches, yeah. people go back into their separate groups. And obviously there's lots yeah. of exceptions, but I think I think the church is definitely lagging behind where we ought to be when we realize we have one savior. We have one savior. And it's like the, the people would, will always have excuses as to why they're not um, integrating. 
there'll be there'll be excuses. Oh, it's so far. No, they don't have transport. There's just always excuses to to stay the same mm. because it's uncomfortable to reach out or to 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 make mm. to take steps towards changing it, which is why I'm at this church. I think also, also, I mean, I, I certainly do agree with you guys in terms of that, but thank God for, for churches like ours, you know, I, and I think there are churches like ourselves, so there, there is some sort of progress, yes, but there there's is. just not enough it's progress. It's not wide enough. There's, it's not wide enough, so if it's not wide enough, there's not going to be any impact done, and I, I, and I guess, I mean, it's, it's, it's also that, that hunger that, that we need to fill, isn't it? We need more churches like this, you know. We need because more churches. I wonder if mm. the reason why comes back to our first statement, where we were trying to say, "Hey, you're either racist, you're a recovering racist, or you're a liar." If you're in denial that you have a race issue mm. in your own life, in your own church, you 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 can carry on as though nothing's needed. Okay. But when you see it, it causes you to look for help and to look for friends who are yes. different from yeah. you. Yeah. Like I said to you guys earlier this year, I need you guys to help me process this country. So because I'm a re recovering racist, you look for help. Yeah. You know, you look for yeah. friends. Yeah. And and I don't need people like me. I need people who are different from me, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to, to receive that help. And so maybe it starts mm. with that not acknowledging yeah, that yeah. actually there is a problem here and it's a heart problem. Yeah, hmm? definitely. I think also people don't like what they see when they try and interrogate their reasons. Then they just like, leave it. it mm. It's the elephant in the room. Let's not talk about it because it's ugly or scary mm. or it's just, it's, conf it's confronting your heart and then you're just like, I don't like this. So one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is we are hopeful. We're more than hopeful. Yeah. We're expectant mm. that God can keep helping people to see their own sin issues, their heart issues, to, to put up their hand and say, yes, this needs to change in me, but also put their hope in Jesus that I can change and journey with other people that can help you change. I, I'm excited about that. I think the role of the Church of Jesus Christ in South Africa is a massive role because yeah. post-apartheid uh, post uh, South Africa laws haven't changed the human heart because no. only the gospel is going to be able to change the human heart. So we really do have a role to play, don't we, as yeah. churches? Yeah. Mm. Sometimes you even feel, oh, sorry, sometimes, oh, go for it. Sometimes you even feel like you can take just uh, all these members of this church and uh, just divide them into, drop them into other churches and then they can cause the whole chaos there. Um, I mean, when I say chaos, to, 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 to bring about these things, because I don't think there is a lot of people from this church who, who would keep quiet about these things anymore. You get to a point where you, you just know that you, if you see it, you won't just keep quiet. You will... Uh, try to do something, uh, no matter how limited you could be at that time, but you would trust in God that things can change. Yeah. And let's just put a disclaimer out there that we're not saying Rick Rhodes arrived. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and next, oh, yes. Week, uh, yeah. next week, we're actually going to come. Th this is the, yeah. the title of next week's uh, session yeah. is, what type of church did I hear you say that was? <laughs> and uh, we're going to dig down yeah. deep into, yeah. is no it even possible yeah. to do what we're yeah. talking about? And uh, so uh, 
Guys, I want to wrap it up there to say uh, thank you. Thank you for being willing to be frank and, and open and honest. And uh, yeah. we, we just really pray that uh, those of you who are listening, uh, that again, this would stimulate thoughtful, prayerful conversations with others that can be hopeful and helpful. God bless you. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>